This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators in the industry. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. On today's introductory episode, I answer some Twitter questions and get you caught up with what I'm doing in the industry. Then I talk about comics I'm reading and loving, like Lumberjanes and Sex Criminals, before we move into an interview with Ian McGinty of Bravest Warriors, where we talk about Godzilla. So, um, for those of you who don't know me or what I do, I will give you a a brief overview. Um, I'm a cartoonist from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I got my start at a comic book shop called Strange Adventures, where I've been working for the last four years. I do a comic called Cater Die, which is a mostly autobiographical comic about sex and feminism and the comics industry. It's a little all over the place. But I started posting that in uh, late 2010, early 2011, uh, primarily through Tumblr and various other social medias. And it became a website which updates uh, with absolutely no regularity whenever I feel like it or have a day off that I don't have a deadline <laughs> at this point. And um, that transitioned over the last year into a bi-weekly strip for Comics Alliance, which is a news website that I had loved for a very long time. And I was asked to be a part of it. So now I update every two weeks with a strip about geek culture or, you know, movies, media. It's a little bit about everything, but a little less about my own personal sexual experiences than uh, than my blog. So I try to focus it more on uh, Batman. Um, my work on Tumblr led me to some projects with Kaboom Studios, and uh, they are an all-ages subsection of Boom which publishes Regular Show and Adventure Time and uh, now Be and Puppycat just started, which is incredible. So I've done some work with them, and that led to me writing a graphic novel uh, called Adventure Time Seeing Red, which is about Marceline and Jake, uh, basically in a hellscape fighting for a lost guitar. It's very punk rock, or at least I like to think so. And I recently became the series writer for Bravest Warriors, so as of sometime in June, I, uh, I'll be doing that. Um, I also do some work with uh, IDW, um, and I run a group online called The Valkyries, which is for women in comics, um, or women who work in comic shops. So it's this kind of society uh, of about 200 members at this point, uh, women who work in comics retail. So those are my various endeavors. Um, It's a lot of little things in different places. I also work with a couple... I work with Night Vale, designing, uh, you know, some merchandise for them. Welcome to Night Vale, which is another podcast that I really love. So that is me. As the podcast rolls and uh, hills erode and time moves on, um, I will be talking about the things that I am doing and the places I'm traveling since I lead a fairly interesting life for a person living on the East Coast of Canada. I go to a lot of shows and I am part of a lot of different events. Um, I won't always be able to tell you what I'm working on because of goddamn non-disclosure agreements, my enemy. But uh, I can tell you what I have been up to, and what I have been up to is the Toronto Comic Arts Festival, which is my favorite show every year, uh, especially for an indie show. I was a really big fan of Emerald City this year, but that is, you know, a larger convention. TCAF is focused on uh, on creators primarily, and it was the first 
big show that I really went to four years ago and all I had was these tiny stapled together mini comics that I had printed at a copy shop and left them on the tables of various people that I was too scared to talk to. And now four years later, I uh, tabled with my Adventure Time book and a whole bunch of uh, different things that I had been a part of through Kaboom Studios and through my own work. So that is an amazing festival. It is too little sleep, too much drink, and more comics than you could ever possibly handle. Um, It's put on by uh, the beguiling and an amazing man named Chris Butcher, who is a hero to the people and a handsome warrior. And uh, it's, you know, it's two days, although everyone stays for several, of just seeing everyone that you follow on Twitter in person (laughs) and drinking in hotel rooms with them. And on top of that, uh, everyone has comics. So this year was a great show. I didn't get to leave my table anywhere near as much as I had in previous years. I was on a few panels, um, which was new for me because the, the few years before I had just snuck into them. But this year I got to be on an amazing one with my hotel mate, Noelle Stevenson, who is the creator of a webcomic called Nimona, which is massively popular. She's uh, Ginger Hayes on Tumblr, where we we grew up together on the internet, side by side. And um, so she and I and uh, uh, two other women um, did a panel about writing for a female audience, which was really great, and had a surprising number of men in the audience, which was really cool. <laughs> we often wonder if they had stumbled in by mistake. But we got to talk a lot about this, the female gaze and the male gaze and uh, sexuality in comics and criticism in comics and, you know, creating newer and better things in the place of uh, problems or, you know, seeing something and, and making something better as well as being critical of it. So that was really cool, and we talked a lot about, you know, the direction that Marvel is moving in now, or I talked a lot about it, with uh, actually acknowledging that they do have a pretty massive female fan base and talked about a lot of their female-led titles right now, or at least female-targeted titles, which I think started a lot with Young Avengers and then when Marvel Now, which is sort of this new wave that they're doing, because comics are always relaunching in one form or another, and... um, As part of Marvel Now, there are a ton of female-led titles that are really female-reader-friendly, like She-Hulk and uh, Elektra and uh, Black Widow. There's there's so many. Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, they're incredible. And the Loki series, which is so close to a legitimate comic slash fan fiction, it's absurdly, it's just great. You know, the whole comic opens with Loki naked in the shower singing along to Wicked. So it's, it's, it's perfect. So we, t- we talked a lot about that. And how much of an audience there is to be gained from actually acknowledging that there are so many women out there buying and reading comics and supporting the industry. Um, Noelle is one of the writers of Lumberjanes, which is uh, two issues deep now from uh, Kaboom, the self-published, or not self-published, but you know, creator-owned imprint from Boom Studios. And uh, Lumberjanes is about five best friends at summer camp fighting monsters. And they're all girls, and it's all, it's created it's an all-female creative team right down to the letterers, which I think is huge in the industry. There's not a lot of, of people doing that. You know, comics like Pretty Deadly, where most of the creative team is female, with Kelly Sudeconic and Jordi Belair and Emma Rios. But Lumberjanes is, you know, it's it's a lady fiesta. There's so much estrogen, and I love it. Um, so the panel talked a lot about that and about how much there is to be gained from really just just going for it and how you will, you know, men will find that audience, too, even if you have female characters because, you know, for our entire lives as as women, we've had to identify with male characters because there's 
there are so many more out there. And, and you know, thinking less of your audience by thinking that men aren't going to read a comic about women is, is sort of condescending. So so we talked about all those things. And that was really cool. Um, I did a panel about Adventure Time, which was really awesome. And got to be with a, a bunch of creators, Jesse Moynihan and uh, Michael DeForge, Ryan North and Becky and Frank, who are incredible writer-painter team. So that was really neat. Uh, a ton of kids asked us questions about our favorite and least favorite characters, and people really did not like that my least favorite character was Lemon Grab because I started loving him so much that I just hate what he's become. <laughs> he's a monster. <laughs> um, although favorite characters are still Marceline and Prismo. If, you, if you're reading this, and you, this, this is deep adventure time. <laughs> Love. Um, so that was a festival and that was my crazy weekend. And now I'm sort of back to the day job for a couple of days before I go to the East Coast Comic Expo. Although by the time you're listening to this, that will probably be, probably be long over and hopefully I'm still alive. We can only hope. Um, today at work, which will not be today anymore, I got a box from uh, Leica, which is an animation studio that produced and created um, Coraline and Paranorman, which are two of my favorite movies, two stop motion films. And I was a big fan, and I had been in contact with them a little bit, just simply in admiration of their projects. And they sent me a box of, like a little press kit of props from the Box Trolls, which is their next movie that's coming out in late September, right close to my birthday. I'm very excited about it. About kind of an underground city of, of troll people, uh, and everything they sort of wear is made of boxes and cardboard, and, and the film is very, you know designed in that style of a world made of kind of construction paper and cardboard and it looks absolutely beautiful so I got a manhole cover that's you know an actual piece of the film set and they wrote me a wonderful letter and it was just the coolest piece of vital viral marketing <laughs> that I had ever seen and I'm very excited about it they did this whole cover with my name on it and this awesome Wonder Woman with bat wings so good on you box trolls I'm gonna go see your movie 50 times and if you're listening you should go see it 50 times so they send me some more cool stuff <laughs> um, uh, other small updates I am I've written two issues for the upcoming uh, arc of bravest warriors which have taken over writing duties on um, from there were you know the show some of the show creators including Brian Burns were working on this series for a couple issues and then before that it was the uh, originally Halifax creative team of Joey Camo and Mike Holmes which was really awesome so it's a it's a big deal and a little bit scary it's my first ongoing series my first sort of indefinite yeah just keep writing these always job uh which makes me feel like throwing up but i'm very excited about it uh ian is drawing the first one right now and he's been texting me with updates of uh various different cat bugs so that's really great aside from that tomorrow night i am going to go see godzilla it may already be out by the time you're listening to this i'm gonna tell you right now it was great i don't even know yet but i know it has a giant monster in it and look Maybe I would have said that about the Matthew Broderick movie, and in which case, you could go back in time and slap me and tell me I was so wrong. But I have high hopes for this Godzilla, mostly because the trailer exclusively consists of things being burnt and Brian Cranston screaming, which are personal fetishes of mine. So that's what's going on. 
All right. This is what I'm reading these days. Um, I talked a little bit about Lumberjanes or excessively about Lumberjanes, but uh, it's a project that a lot of my friends are a part of and created by a lot of people I really like. It's sort of co-created by my friends Grace and Shannon. Um, Grace is a contributor to the lesbian news website Autostraddle, which is amazing. And Shannon is the editor of Adventure Time and Regular Show and a lot of other Kaboom properties. And they kind of came up with this idea together a while back and then brought on Noelle Stevenson uh, to co-write with Grace and uh, Brooke Allen, who's drawing it. And she is incredible. It was also very recently her birthday. So happy birthday, Brooke. You're beautiful and dapper. Um, so Lumberjanes is, yeah, about five uh, friends at summer camp finding monsters, and uh, the second issue's out now, and it is absolutely adorable and sweet and uh, touches on some, I think, really important things that are not always addressed in all-ages comics. I don't want to spoil it for you, but some ladies kind of smooch a little bit, and they're kids, and it's not weird, uh, which is a really big deal for me, and I think it might be a really big deal for a lot of people reading the comics, so... I'm very excited about that. Um, Bee and Puppy Cat just started, uh, which is based off of a cartoon hangover series created by Natasha Allegri, and it is absolutely adorable and perfect <laughs> and wonderful. So, you know, fitting into that category that I love so much of warrior princesses, it's uh, kind of about a girl and her magical puppy cat uh, going on adventures through time and space and romance. So I would check that out if you can. Um, the uh, the fifth issue of Afterlife with Archie just came out after a very long delay, and it is, I mean, it's great. It's Archie with zombies, and if you're not reading this series, you're a fool on so many levels, and I'm sorry to tell you that, but your mother should have when you were young. It's a great series. It's uh, just about, you know, what if the zombie apocalypse came to Riverdale, and it's drawn by Francesco Francavilla, who's one of my favorite artists and an incredible human being and the owner of one of the best accents in the industry, so Francesco rules. Um, you should check it out if you like the idea of various characters from Archie being eaten alive, which, why wouldn't you? Um, uh, the, uh, the second issue of Shudder has just come out, uh, Joe Keating, I think, um, and uh, Lila DeLuca. I hope I'm not saying her name wrong because I'm saying it from memory. Sorry. Uh, but it is a really cool series that I don't fully understand yet, but I want to. And the main character's name is Kate, so that doesn't hurt. But uh, you know, it's about a girl and her father were adventurers. Her father's died. Someone's coming for her, and she kind of has to pull herself together. It looks like some weird, crazy intergalactic stuff going on. So definitely check that out. It's a very interesting series. I'm pretty sure that one's from Image. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, where, where I'm at for, for ongoing series. I'm reading a lot of stuff right now. I'm reading a lot of the the, the Lady Marvel titles. I'm crazy about Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. Um, so those have been really great. And you should pick them all up, especially She-Hulk. The art in She-Hulk is absurdly good. It defends me how good it is. <laughs> um, there are a lot of books that I saw at TCAF and in my comic shop recently that I want to check out. And when I have the time, I'm going to devour them. So maybe never, but hopefully soon. <laughs> uh, there's a book by Jillian uh, and Mariko Tamaki called This One Summer, which has... The, you know, you look at it and the feel of it is you kind of remember those those weird moments you sort of blocked out from your childhood summers, like afternoons of just doing absolutely nothing or like the weird, quiet things that happen in small towns. And it captures it so well that it's, it's kind of haunting and you get really sucked into it even after just a couple of pages. So I'm really, really excited to dig into that because I love books that give you that kind of a feeling 
you know, where you're like, oh, I didn't even remember what that was like. And uh, to get that from a comic is is really wonderful. So definitely check that out. Um, it was a it was a big deal at TCAF, even though I couldn't find their table, and I was so mad. Um, Andre the Giant from uh, Box Brown has just come out, which is kind of an auto not autobiographical. I know what words mean. A biographical comic about Andre the Giant by Box Brown, who is a you know a really awesome creator with Retrofit and a, and a bunch of his own projects. And this book looks really, really good. It's it's sweet and interesting, and and apparently, you know, it's a loving, a loving biography without you know being overly sentimental or anything. And so I'm really into that. Um, Becky Cloonan has just put out a collection called By Chance and Providence, which is um, all three of her mini comics, uh, several or perhaps all of which have been Eisner nominated. Um, there's one called Demeter, one called The Mire, and one called Wolves. And it's Becky's weird, haunted brush pen madness, and uh, that's just got collected, so highly recommend. Um, A couple of books that are $10 that you should check out are Sex Criminals Volume 1 and Pretty Deadly Volume 1, both from Image. Um, Sex Criminals is an incredible story that I cannot stop pimping about uh, a couple who, when they have sex, stop time, which is the simplified, like, children are in the store version of it. Not so. specifically they have to orgasm and it's it's you know it's originally about the girl and it's Susie and her sort of coming of age um sexually and how she discovers that when she orgasms she can stop time and then her whole world gets thrown into chaos when she meets someone else who has the same ability and of course the natural implication is we should rob banks to save a library which is what happens and it's great so you can get 10 issues of that for 10 bucks including a radio play that uh Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky the creative team did about um chip calling a phone sex line and getting mad and it's 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 so great so i checked that out um pretty deadly is a horror western which i mentioned before um uh, kelly sudaconic one of my favorite writers and an awesome friend and uh, emma rios is drawing it and jordi belair is coloring it and she's an amazing colorist who got nominated for an eisner this year which i'm very excited about uh which is yeah so it's it's a it's got a lot of occult flavor to it you know, there's there's this idea of the daughter of death going on the hunt for revenge, and and it's it's beautiful and, and haunting and very strange and kind of a slow to unfold dark fable. So you know, for ten bucks, you really can't go wrong. Um, two books I just finished that have come out a while ago that I finally got around to were um, Hellboy: The Midnight Circus which is a self-contained story about young Hellboy that I'm I'm pretty sure Duncan Fergredo was doing the art on that one. But, um, you know, you don't really need to know anything about Hellboy. If you've briefly seen the movie even, it's amazing. Um, and it's kind of about, you know, young Hellboy getting trapped in this dark magic circus. And depending on whether he's in the, the real world of, you know, the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense um, or in this circus, it's drawn either in that sort of classic Mignola you know, hard shadow style, or when he's in the circus, it's very ethereal and watercolor, and it's really, really beautiful. Um, the Fifth Beatles is a story about Brian Epstein and the Beatles, but most mostly about Brian Epstein um, kind of building the Beatles' career and, and, and launching them into fame. And it's really interesting because it's something that I didn't know very much about. I mean, I'm sure if you're a music nerd, it's something that you're like, oh yeah, that's totally old hat, but it was kind of uh, an eye-opener for me. You know, he his life was super tragic. He died very young. He was gay. And incredibly closeted and, and very self-hateful about it, but incredibly successful and, and built the Beatles. 
So this book is, I mean, the art in it is is absurd. It's so good. I say that a lot. I get really overwhelmed <laughs> by art. But um, no, it's a really great collection and a really great uh, self-contained story. So definitely check that out. All of these books are wonderful. Support your local comic shop. Amazon will kill us all. So I have a number of questions that I've posed to uh, my mildly considerable Twitter audience. Uh, and I'm going to start with a friend of mine and a writer that I really like named Paul Tobin, uh, who works a lot with uh, his partner, Colleen Coover. And he asked me, what are your main influences outside of comics? Which is great because I'm often asked what I read, um, but not always what I watch and listen to. Um, I, I'm i a big fan. I'm a big you know music fan in general. And I really like uh, painfully honest lady singers. So I listen to a lot of... I used to be really into the Dresden Dolls. I also really like the Mountain Goats, um, which is not a lady singer, but we'll give it to John Darniel. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, TV watcher and movie fan. I guess people who are into geek culture are consumers by nature. So I watch, I watch a lot of TV. I'm really into Orphan Black right now. Um, <laughs> but I grew up on Buffy, and I was a big fan of, you know, strong, strong asking ladies from that age. And uh, that's kind of what got me into into reading. Um, Buffy was what got me into a comic shop in the first place. So I would definitely say uh, things like that. Warrior princesses. Just warrior princesses. Uh, Xena <laughs> is definitely one of them. Um, Sailor Moon. So uh, redefined, my answer is warrior princesses. Um, all right, I have a question from Zachary Fenton, who's at Snakehoof. Uh, how has your newfound comic fame affected your job working at a comic shop? Uh, primarily that I barely work at the comic shop anymore. It's um, been an ongoing struggle uh, because I got into comics through working at my store, Strange Adventures, and uh, my boss basically kicking my butt to put my stuff on the internet and put myself out there. And uh, the unfortunate consequence uh, because of that is that now I have no time. I travel to comic conventions about every other week at this point or at least once a month, and uh, I'm writing so many series that it doesn't allow for as much time to actually be at the store, but I do like it. And uh, I think the number one advantage to it is on the weekends now when people bring their kids in, I can be like, oh, hey, do you like Adventure Time? And kids get very excited. I'm like, yeah, I love Adventure Time. I'm like, oh, yeah, do you like Marceline? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I wrote this book, <laughs> which kids, you know, get the, the look on their eyes like they've just seen some sort of religious epiphany. Uh, is It's very self-serving, but I like it a lot. So... That's been a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a strange and it's a very different environment because it's I'm in retail. So 99% of the people who walk through the door have no idea who I am or what I do outside of the this, this store. So I think it keeps me humble, which I think there's a lot of value in. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a transition period, but it's it's going all right. <laughs> All right, I have a question from uh, Joshua Daniel, who is at The Noir Guy, who says, what's one thing you'd like to see more of in comics and one thing you'd like to see less? Um, uh, more costumes that cover boobs and less boobs, <laughs> which is terrible because, like, as a personal fan of boobs, I feel like maybe that's discriminatory, but uh, I'm really enjoying the trend, especially... I've seen it a lot in, in Marvel comics of, you know, redesigns of costumes to be a lot more empowering and a lot more realistic and uh, a lot less of uh, Starfire's um, 
everything, everywhere. <laughs> Which makes me sound very prudish because I, I like a good nudity, but not always uh, in an all-ages comic. So, you know, moving more towards that and getting a little more creative and a little more realistic with how a woman would actually dress if she were a superpowered crime fighter or a superpowered villain, really. And embracing the fact that, you know, if you were if you were She-Hulk, you were super ripped and really hot despite being green. I mean, you would want to show it off. I would want to show it off. But at the same time, you can't climb a building in heels. There's just no way. It's absurd. There's nobody can do it. And it makes me sad to see it in movies. Uh, so, yeah, I would say embracing how people actually dress and how fabric works. <laughs> Uh, Logan Dalton, who is at Sexy Ginger Nerd. That's very, you think so. Um, <laughs> wants to know, what are your favorite webcomics? Um, I got into comics, I mean, through Buffy, like I said, but also through webcomics. I was a really big fan when I was in junior high, which my friends in webcomics hate hearing me say because it makes them feel old. But I got into the Dumbrella family of comics, which is now Topatico. Uh, when I was in junior high and I was reading dinosaur comics and I was reading A Softer World and uh, When I Grow Up, which became Wigu, and uh, a lot of comics in that family. You know, and I got into Kate Beaton's comics when she got started on LiveJournal and got into Jess Fink's comics that way. So those were those are the classics and those are the ones that I've always read. And I've recently started to get into some of the ones that have been going for a really long time, which is daunting because the archives are so massive. But I've, you know, just started reading Girls with Slingshots, which has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages and uh, questionable content. You know, I've become friends with uh, Jeff Jacks recently. And once I become friends with someone in comics, I, I really feel like I should at least have a base knowledge of what they base their entire lives around. <laughs> so I think I should check it out. So I've been doing that. And but I read a lot of Tumblr comics, so a lot of those are one-offs or a, a smaller story uh, or a particular just issue that's put up online, and, and not always through Tumblr, but sometimes utilizing different platforms or layouts. Like uh, Emily Carroll does a lot of her posts online, and um, she's done a bunch of really terrifying, beautiful comics. She's one of the only people that I read on a regular basis who does horror, and she does it so well. So she'll post, I mean, it's, it's a webcomic because it's on the internet, but she'll post one every couple of months or, you know, once a year or something. And they're always amazing. And um, Ryan Andrews is similar. He has one called Sarah and the Seed that is amazing and, and completely beautiful. So while it's not a webcomic in the sense that it updates every day, it is something that was first put out online. And I'm a big fan of those Um my friend does one called Princess Princess. I don't, I can never remember her real last name, but she goes by Strangely Katie. And it's about, you know, lesbian princesses, which is one of my favorite genres of media. So, <laughs> so I really like that. Um, I'm exposed to a lot of different artists on Tumblr uh, and through Pinterest and Twitter even. You find, you know, people post things and they, they make their way around. And I found some of my favorite artists that way. So that is my uh, not short answer. <laughs> Hey! Hey you! Strange Adventures Comics and Curiosities has the widest and wisest selection of comics and graphic novels in Atlantic Canada. Toys, games, and collectibles of all kinds at this award-breaking store. With three locations to confuse you better. In Fredericton, Dartmouth, and Halifax. Neat, right? 
check out the website at strangeadventures.com. Strange Adventures, proud sponsor of Less Than Live with Kate or Die. Okay, so we are here with uh, Ian McGinty for the inaugural interview on Less Than Live. Um, Ian is the artist on Bravest Warriors. With me, so in a daring act of nepotism, I have him on here for my first show. Um, he's the artist on that series. He also did Adventure Time at Candy Capers, which is amazing and a ton of fun. He does a lot of stuff for Viz Media. I know he works with Ugly Dolls. What else do you do, Ian? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> what don't I do, really, at this point? Tell me. Uh, well, I mean, I'm working on this little book, uh, kind of obscure. It's called Bravest Warriors. It's, I've uh, heard of that. I heard it sucks. <laughs> it's with this writer, Kate Leth. Mm. Uh, she, she's all right. She's all right. Yeah. She's okay. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah, gosh. Uh, man. Uh, and we just finished our first is. issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so excited. This is a celebration right now. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's amazing. It was amazing. It's a really good issue. Um, damn. Yeah, it was amazing. It was creepy. It's so was. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, just but I like that get... though. I really like that though. Like that was cool. Like I haven't seen a like I, I actually before like we started doing this stuff. I was reading Bravest. You know, I was reading like Mike Mike Holmes run on it and uh, Joey Kimo. Am I saying that right? Probably. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it was awesome. But like, I never really saw like a weird horror take on it, which is kind of what we did with this first issue, and it was really rad. So yeah, and the whole first arc is is it's a horror story basically, and it's just I mean I don't want to. Obviously, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just going to get creepier and creepier. And when I pitched that, <laughs> I didn't know how they were going to feel about it. And then I'm like, wait, no, all of Joey's stuff was weird as hell. So I'm sure they'll be fine with it. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is like when because uh, I did like I did Candy Cavers, you know, for Boom and uh, which was, uh, you know, an Adventure Time, like a Detective Noir Adventure Time spinoff kind of. Well, kind of it was. And uh, and that, that was awesome. And then like. You know, they offered me to take over um, the Bravest Warriors thing. It was just, like, super crazy daunting, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I know, yeah, I know just, exactly what like, you mean. Yeah, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just drawing and all that stuff. But then I'm like, you know, as I said, I was I was already a fan. I'm reading. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, this is so – because you can literally do, like, anything. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about it so much, too, because when – I mean, when we sort of started on it, I, I went through and kind of watched all the episodes, and I was a lot more familiar with Adventure Time. Uh, even though I'd been reading the comics, you know, I'd, I had seen a few episodes, so I had to kind of go back and do all the research. And I was like, oh, thank God that this is as weird and giant a world. Yeah, so, we're like, it's something that I, like, my, at least for me, you know, like, not, and, what, well, what's cool is that we've we've sort of been, like, collaborating a little bit on, like, stuff that, to you know, maybe bring up in the future has been really nice, which I haven't really done that with a writer before, so that's been pretty rad. Um, it's the best, but you know, it's like it just it like I don't know, weirdly, like I don't know what they're how they you know drew my name out of it, but it like weirdly encapsulates like all of my humor, like the stuff that I think is funny, which is just bizarre, dark stuff that like oh, I think you're like maybe the only other person I've ever met who's ever thought the stuff that I said was funny. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds terrible, but the stuff you say is amazing. It sounds about, it's like, I mean, it's, it's the, tr it's true though. It's so weird. So it's just like, oh my God, like it's so cool to be working on this kind of thing right now. Well, it's super fun too. Like it's, it's such a weird thing that, I mean, when I was at TCAF, we were out for breakfast one day and these friends of ours, the McHenry's were, uh, who did this video game called Horse Master, which I really need to play. Um, <laughs> they were, it's literally about, and he wouldn't tell me anything about it other than like, no, it's a game about mastering a horse. <laughs> and so I've never played it and it's just been looming in the back of my mind for weeks and I keep forgetting to Google it. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Is it like Goat Simulator? Or is it I don't know. It's like, it's, well, I know it's like an 8-bit game, but apparently there are myriad different endings and some of them are very traumatic. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like very intense, like mastering of the horse. Yeah, well, you can master it in different. Well, yeah, what I asked about it, I was like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "Well, it depends on what horse mastery means to you." <laughs> okay, yeah, <That's, laughs> like it sounds awesome. I'm already like in. Okay, okay. So we were out for breakfast, and they were telling these jokes, and the, the they're a couple, and they are so funny. And it was the first time I had met them because they work with Tapatico, and like. Every other thing they said, I'd like bring up my phone and I had this, by the end of breakfast, I had a folder that was like bravest warriors jokes stolen from the McHenry's because <laughs> they're so weird. Right. And it's, that's perfect. So, well, that's like how it was. That was how it was for us too. That was just like hanging out and being like, Hey, here's a stupid joke that only you and I are laughing at. And nobody, everybody else is like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> but that's what makes it better. I think Yeah, that's true. Cause that's if we're true. having fun. <laughs> Yeah, box of hornets. Box of um, hornets. Box of hornets, man. Watch out. <laughs> so you're like, nobody's going to get that at all until later. So just lay, hang yeah. on later and then buy the issues and then you'll understand what is so funny to us and not funny to anybody else. I made a spot for you to put a box of hornets in 23. It's going to be amazing. If you feel like it. No spoilers. I, I mean, if it was up to me, every panel would just be a box of hornets. So. <laughs> should I explain the backstory on that or should we just let it go? You know, well, I mean, hey, we can, we can, there's, there is not really a backstory. <laughs> no. What, I don't know what, we were talking about some stupid shit and mm -hmm. we laughed. Yeah, we were at there breakfast. You go. There's your back, there's the backstory, yeah. And I laughed so hard that I was legitimately embarrassed because I, it was, well, the, what's, <laughs> it was the first weekend was, meeting you guys. <laughs> no, it's, well, what's funny is that we were like, so, okay, so we're at, uh, where the hell were we? Uh, Coral's. Right, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, for me, I'm like, I'm in Calgary, I'm sure to you, it was a little more localized, but... Yeah, Canada's was, all one city. Yeah, what was that restaurant? What was that? Br it was like a, br it was like Canadian Denny's. Basically. Yeah, it was Cora's. Uh, okay, see, I, that means nothing to me. I was like, oh, Fine. Can we were at Canadian Denny's. Canadian Denny's. Go we on, Ian. We were at CD's, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we were uh, having, who were we? We were with Zach Sterling, who, mm -hmm. uh, who drew Seeing Red, right? Yep. Amazing guy. He's amazing. Amazing guy. I mean, he looks good with glasses. Looks great. good all the time. Just got yeah, great hair. Good all the time. Yeah, good looking guy. Good you and guy. Zach have the hair game down. Yeah, he's got me beat though, because like his hair is like black and mine's just like kind of. You know. I don't know, but you got that like that perfect faux hawk thing going on. Yeah, I gotta get rid of that though, man. Like, I'm starting to look like a Bruce Warriors character. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it was rather, yeah. So it was us and Zach. And, so, and, and Brooke. Uh, and, and, and Brooke, who is doing uh, drawing Lumberjanes right now, mm -hmm. which is also amazing. Now, I know, like, there's a funny story with Lumberjanes with you, too. Yeah. As well. Now, what – I'm trying to remember what that was. What did you – did you have anything to do with that at all, or was it you just made, like, some pins and – Oh, yeah, just some – no, no, I did um, 
I did the uh, variant cover for Emerald City Comic Con, and I designed the, right. the badges that the Lumberjanes earn <laughs> as it goes through the series. I remember laughing because I, I think it was Emerald City we were there, and like your name was attached to like Lumberjanes, and you were like pulled someone aside. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just did some. Stairs. Well, it was because we got to Calgary, and the sign on my table was like Caitliff, and it was like Bravest Warriors, comma Lumberjanes. And I was like, Bravest Warriors isn't out for three months. <laughs> and all I did for Lumberjanes was design the patches. And, like, nowhere on it was it, like, this graphic novel we're promoting. Yeah, just like, Kate is... Leth, patch maker. <laughs> Kate Leth drew a button. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth the $800 airplane flight. Yeah, that's what they got me up there for, just to sign that little yeah. thing that says camp. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, so we so we're at this. We're at we're at CDs. We're at Canadians, <laughs> and uh, we're with it was you, me, Zach, and Brooke. Yep. And uh, I don't know how how the crew. Yeah, I don't know how, but it's so fun. like somehow it came up. We were like the funniest thing to do at a convention would be to. <laughs> I'm laughing now. Like, I, can't I even, know. I'm laughing right now. <laughs> the funniest thing to do would be to release a box of hornets in the middle of a convention. Which to us sounded so normal at the time. I think we were like serious about it for a second, then we started thinking about it. <laughs> and what's funny though is that this joke has like evolved to the point where like Grace Ellis, who's writing Lumberjanes, is like writing a box of Hornet jokes like yep. like into Lumberjanes at some point and all yep. this stuff. So it's so weird. And like Zach will text me from time to time about it and I, Gosh, I'm trying so to get weird. him to put one in the next graphic novel. Like, it's oh not God. in the yeah, script, yeah. but I'm just like, yo, um, the scene where they're, like, going through a forest, I'm pretty sure there could be a box of hornets in the background. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just stick totally one in there. Make that, somehow, like, worm that into every issue of every comic ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's different things, right? Like, I have, uh, I've, oh, I've, yeah, was- I've had two of my friends work Flappy Bird into a comic <laughs> <laughs> just because I thought it was funny. Um, and, uh, Ryan North and I both try and work lyrics from Natalie Imbruglia's Torn into whatever we do. I think I've seen him do something like that. I'm trying, I don't know what it was from, but I think I've seen him like work in weird stuff. So. Oh yeah, for sure. That makes, that makes sense that you were involved in that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm really into putting inside jokes in a massively widely produced comics that no one's going to understand or appreciate. Well, you, I, you threw a clone hide joke into the uh, first issue of Bravest Warriors. Yeah. Just, uh, oh, that yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to get this except for like the hardcore fans of clone hide from back in the day. I think it's in code, too. There's like, there's several. There's that. Yeah. There's a code one, and then there's the water tower one. Yeah. The code one is like, yeah. first of all, you have to actually, you have to be reading the alt text at the bottom. Which, I mean, probably 5% of people reading the comic do. Then you have to have the interest and then the willpower to go and decode the alt text. And then yeah. if... So you're making people work for it. <laughs> and then when you get to the <laughs> end of it, you get a reference to a show you probably have never seen. Yeah, that makes... I know, like, God. That's like, how I write. I feel, I feel old when I, like, I'm like, yeah, I totally got that clone eye joke, man. Like, this from, is how I'm going to get an Eisner. <laughs> like, MTV was not, like, what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't clone eye the best, world. though? It is the best. It's the best thing ever. It's the best show ever. It's the best animated show ever made. I stand by this. And we work on Bravest Warriors, so. <laughs> <laughs> Next to Bravest Warriors, Radian. Hey. <laughs> It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, Ian and I, uh, our bonding experience at Calgary was like leaving the after party to watch <laughs> several episodes of Clone High. 
and then be like, all yeah, right. Was, like, everybody wanted to go out and do like cool stuff, and we we're like, nah, we're gonna go upstairs and like watch some Clone Eye on the laptop. And... Yeah, it was perfect because we watched like two episodes, and I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm <almost laughs> tired now. Yeah, and then it was over. Well, it's funny because like I don't know. So so we had the Calgary event. Like Kate and I actually like we haven't hung out a ton, but when we've been hanging out, it's always really fun. So it's a good time. But uh... it's because you avoided me at Emerald City. Well, that's what I was getting to. <laughs> <laughs> you coming around to that story? Yeah, I'm getting, I was building, it's like, dude, I'm just, look, man, it's called storytelling. Like, right. Get to know it, okay? Like, I'm sorry, you know, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, maybe you can learn to write, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> so Emerald City, so here's here's the thing, like, so the first time we met was at Emerald City Comic Con, which was, was it, when was that? I don't even remember. Emerald City was... A couple months God, ago. God, we travel too much. Um, I know, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I don't even, I'm barely registering that I'm home right now. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago, but it was, it was fun. First, Emerald City was like one of the best. Is one of the best conventions I've been. It's to. amazing. Everybody amazing. in Seattle is really cool, and I've, I'd never been there before. That was a great and show. Like every other person is like offering for you to like come back and hang out at their house or like go to a bar with like it was like every other person, and uh, it was awesome. But it's so, the best like, karaoke first, I've ever done. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a good time. That was a good time. Uh, terrible karaoke place, but good yeah. karaoke mm-hmm. in general. But so we're there and. Uh, you know, or I'm like kind of, I do my thing, which is like when I'm at a convention that I don't really know a lot of people, I just sort of try to like act aloof and, you know, then like buy people out of drinks and sort of just, you know, people watch or whatever. And, uh, tremor someone, so we're at this again, like, what is, uh, it was it Oni Press's like after party thing or something? Yeah. I mean, well, that was like the first night, the one in the hotel. Whatever, yeah, whatever it was. So it was a, it was insane. Like, there was a ton of people. And then I want to say Allison, who draws regular show, the regular show series right now, like, brought you up and was like, Ian, this is Kate. And I had, like, I was like, okay, there she is. Like, I, I have no, so, like, long story short, basically, like, nobody had told me that you were the one writing the series that I was going to be drawing. Because we'd only found out a couple weeks before. Like, yeah, if yeah, that. Yeah. That we yeah, were both yeah, on it. Yeah, it was super, and and someone had mentioned someone named Kate, but there's like a million Kates, so I was just like, there's a million right. Kates in comics, so yeah, it could oh be yeah, anybody. for sure. For sure. Uh, there's only one Ian, which must be useful. There's yeah. a there's another there's a Brad McGinty though that's coming. His, oh yeah. Yeah, I know, and like we're not related at all, and it's really freaky. I tw- I had tweeted him one time, I was like, hey, are we related? And he was like, nope. Okay. <laughs> that was like the one year, that was the one year actually I ever had with that, that bromance sh- got shot down all right yeah that was nothing happened with that one at all I tried I tried okay. <laughs> um yeah so nobody like told me it was Kate you know left who Kate Jade left who was uh who oh, was- I'm my name on the- <laughs> <laughs> gross and uh so I'm like oh you know so Allison's like so I legit I like I don't. I don't know what I thought. I was just like, "Oh, all right. Well, hey, what's up? Uh, well, see ya." <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I feel. I feel terrible about this thing. It's basically like the entire convention I like avoided, and you kept trying to be like, "Hey, we should maybe like go do something. We should like have, grab a drink. We should go do this. We should go do that." And I'm like, I don't know if I've got time for that right now. Blah blah blah. So yeah, and you it was just, funny. It was it was great because I was just trying to be like, "Hey, we're working on this project together," but like quietly because. It wasn't announced anywhere yet. Yeah, and I'm, like, the worst per- – I'm, like, so stupid. Like, it's not even funny. I don't even – like, a tip to – like, if your IQ is very low, like, get into comics and start and be an artist because you can really, like, go places um, if you're a dumb fucking idiot. But anyways, so 
So then like two weeks later, I'm like, I don't know. I don't even remember who the hell I was talking to, but they're just like, uh, yeah. So what'd you think of Kate? And I was like, Kate, like, yeah, Kate Let. She's like, she's writing the Bravest Warrior series. I just like lost it. Like, and that was, so I'm like, wait, are you serious? Like this girl who I was totally like treated like shit the entire time. Yeah. Cause you thought I was trying to like pick you up. I had no clue what was going on. One, that was surprising in of itself. I was like, whoa, this like never happens. What's up? You know, and then on the other hand, I'm like, ah, ugh. all right, well, see you later. Like, bye. <laughs> so, Which is yeah, great because so I was literally trying to just be like, hey, I'm really nervous about this. Do you want to like, like hang out? Like, hey, let's actually talk about like some professional shit that's yeah. going on all this stuff. So then like that preceded a two hour texting marathon of me apologizing a thousand times. It's fine. Sorry for being a dick. It was so funny. And it was great because then I could just rub it in your face for all of Calgary. It was funny. It was funny. Uh, it's funny now. At the time, though, I was super <laughs> pissed because, like, every other person who was at, like, was, you know, with us, like, at the convention never said shit to me. They never said one word to me. And then two weeks later, they're, like, la- literally laughing in my face, like, dude, even I knew that she was doing that. Like, how did you not know? Just like, ah, I'm just stupid, man. Shut up. <laughs> So. And it's so great because I came away from it and I was like, man, I kept trying to talk to him and just be like, hi. And like, he just didn't want to talk to me. And I'm really worried about this comic because like, what if he doesn't like me and we're working on it together and everything I write? He's like, that's bullshit. I'm just going to draw a plum and a bikini in every panel. Yeah, every panel. Yeah, a beach ball. There's a beach ball in every single panel, no matter what. Or a horse fucking a car or whatever. <laughs> Whatever that was, whatever, whatever the worst. What is, a horse yeah. making love to a car. A horse making love to. If you a want car. to get graphic with it, it's, it's a horse, horse fucking a yeah, car. So, but yeah, I thought yeah. of it in a more romantic sense. That's an HFC. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is what happened with Box of Hornets. Yeah, this is. I'm telling you, this is like terrible. This is why, like, we're a good team, though. Uh-huh. Nothing like we're com- going to completely alienate ourselves. It's going to be great. There's going to be like 17 people reading this series. It's just going to be all inside jokes. About all inside jokes and references to Clone High. Yeah, it'll be like a panel of like Wallow, like looking at a beach ball. And then the next panel will be like just bugs coming <laughs> just out. Just Plum recording a spaghetti eating video. Yeah, yeah. Just like some weird thing. No, no, it's been great. It's been awesome. And I, I, I'm, I get so giddy and, and show off all your pages to my friends, which I'm totally not supposed to do, but you know. Oh, see, that's the thing. Like, it's so unfair to, uh, like to put it well, <laughs> it's so unfair to put together a team of a writer and an artist, which is totally not true at all. But, uh, cause I can't like, I, like you can show off artists like pages, but I can't like show off to people like oh, she's an awesome writer. Like, check out this script. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah, everybody's like, ah, dude, I don't, I don't care about this. Like, No. No, it's really funny because I, I finish an issue and I'm just like, oh, I should send this to somebody. And, and I'm like, nobody wants that. Nobody ever, ever in the history of time wants the email that's, do you want to read my script? That's the worst. <laughs> that's the that's worst. I think, about I think about it all the time. Like, I used to, before I, like, realized I could kind of draw I was like man maybe I want to be an editor because I just wanted to do like something in comics yeah and I was like man I don't know like I like to write stuff but like I'm I don't know to me it's just not like as satisfying as drawing or whatever I used to want to be an editor and then I literally was like dude I better learn how to draw because I do not want to read people's bullshit scripts like at even I don't know when people do it I don't know I, 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 I mean so I read boring. your scripts they're all right 
All right. Yeah, it's cool. Your drawings are all right. <laughs> no, they're yeah, fucking, that. they're great. It's so exciting. It's so much fun to look at. It's such a great. different look than Candy Capers, too, because it's, like, way more on model, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, Candy Capers was, like, a huge learning. It was, like, the first real, like, comic comic I drew, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, um, like, I'd done the stuff for Viz. I, like, I, I've been doing Hello the Hello Kitty books and then um, David Horvath's Ugly Doll um, books. And, uh, and they're great. Like, I really like how those came out. But they're more so, um, they're, you know, like, graphic novels. Like, they don't come out, they're not daily they're not uh, not daily they're not like monthly issues you know yeah and uh they're and so, so but candy caber is like there are there's oh it's hella kitty is like super cute and the ugly doll stuff is really cute too and i like them both the ugly doll stuff's over and i've got one more hello kitty to do i'm gonna be so bummed out when that's over though because they're so fun they're, but uh they are really fun they're super fun but uh yeah like so candy caber was like the first monthly and it was just such a crazy learning experience like my like thankfully like it's weird how the stars align, man. Like, it's weird how you do a series and you're kind of learning and this and that. And thankfully, like, Boom was cool enough to, like, let me pretty much do whatever I wanted, like, style-wise. You know what I mean? I had one edit that entire series. Like, a six-issue series, I had one edit. And that was to change some skulls into, like, bottles of water or something crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. Like, it was skulls into flasks or something. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just cr- So, like... From doing candy capers, like I sort of learned like how to do monthlies, how to, you know make sure you're on time, like make blah 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 this and that, whatever. How to like speed up the process because it's kind of all about like getting stuff done on time. And then it was just cool how like the stars aligned and like boom, like bravest warriors opportunity right there, like right when I'm actually feeling like fairly comfortable with like my art style and stuff like that. So I it was a good thing. I love the way you draw cat bug. Love cat it. bug is amazing and <laughs> i love drawing cat bug i can't help it it's so great every time i look yeah, at it know, it's I, just don't like, like I don't i don't like drawing uh impossible well lucky for you impossible is not in the first arc at all <laughs> i was just so future reference uh yeah if you include them just like do shots of like close-up face yeah or something okay or See, like Im- a hand impossible is a character that i mean i watched the show and it's the characters that sort of stick with you that you're like, okay, I want to write them. Where, I mean, like, Plum has always been my favorite character since Joey introduced her in the comic. Oh, my and God. Plum is so amazing. It was the best move because, I mean, he yeah. did it to gender balance the cast a little better, which is obviously super important to me. I like writing ladies. No. there's, I mean, they know yeah. that. <laughs> I know. It's weird. You yeah, never expect ugh. it. Mm, I know. Ugh. Anyway, um, so I really wanted to do that and... I love, you know, and there are characters I wanted to to explore a little bit more and, and have the, I mean, it's a little different. Our Bravest Warriors is different than the show because they sort yeah, of Yeah, but, but it's so great. Like, I don't know, like the new, the new run, again, and like, it's it's funny how it's, it's the comic series, at least, is really, it seems like it's kind of taken this different turn almost. Um, like I said, with the whole like horror element and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's it's really cool. Like, there was this weird, I don't know, this is, this, this is going to sound really strange. There was this weird, like, uh, like, clerk's vibe I had going on, like, while I was drawing it. <laughs> like, I know it sounds really strange, but it's like a lot of, there are like, there are, there's a lot of, like, really good back and forth, like, dialogue. Oh, thanks. Which was, like, a really cool thing, because, and, you know, there's, like, for this first part, there's not, like, a ton of action. There There is, like, towards the end, but, like, in the first part, it's sort of, 
this cool thing with them, like kind of interacting with each other. It's really neat to see like how you can pull out like all the different personalities of each single one. Um, Cause I talk in their voices when I'm writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I, I, I totally make the faces when I'm drawing. So it's fine. I do too. I, I do. I totally do this like this cat bug. Fit. I'll just have to show it to you at some point when there are no recording equipment around whatsoever. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm gonna record that because that's amazing. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. But yeah, like, like the uh, you know even cat bugs parts, which like we we've talked about it before. Like bringing, we wanted to bring, we were talking about bringing cat bug out as like a little less of a just kind of a catchphrase machine, mm-hmm. and like more into an actual like you know instigator or plot point or like just having some sort of instead of just coming in every now and then and going like but you know I hey what's up like yeah. You know, here's this cute thing I say, which is great, but, like, thankfully in this first issue, like, I feel like that – it was actually, like, he was part of the plot, which is really nice to see. I was trying to make it a lot more of an ensemble cast thing in in our run because I love, I love what's going on in the show. That latest episode is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, know. I, I legitimately love the show. Like, Oh, it's great. Episodes. It's amazing. And I love it's the second season. Me to be. The second season's great. I love the first season, too. Yeah. Um, but I really, I really love how like the second season is going, and it's so I have to like remind myself every now and then, like, dude, I'm drawing the fucking comic series. And, like, I know it's, it's so crazy. It's so weird. It's so crazy. It feels like so weird, so intense to be working on that. It's so big. I'm like burping. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I get so excited. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited. No, but it's, I mean, like, yeah, there's a, the action sort of picks up as it gets further on into the story, but I do kind of want to explore a bunch of different genres with it and have it be a very balanced, balanced, balanced um, cast. So where everybody kind of gets to do something interesting. And I do want to make Catbug a more interesting character and a more contributing character. Um, yeah, which is great. I mean, like, Catbug is really well. And like I said, you know, Catbug is like the, like, <laughs> like, Catbug is like the, the Steve Urkel family matters kind of character. Yeah. Like he sort of doesn't really have a whole lot to do. And then he like kind of busts out and says like his catchphrase. And then you're like, all right, like go away, Steve. <laughs> but with these, it's nice. Cause like Catbug is an integral, like sort of part of the actual story. And then the ideas we've talked about for the later stuff have been really cool. So oh, I'm really man. excited about really integrating Catbug into some stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like, like Beth is like probably my favorite character. Yeah. Um, and like Beth, I know you're saying like you love Plum, and I love Plum too, of course. But I don't know. There's something about Beth that really resonates with me. I get because she's like kind of a, or she's like, I don't know. She she sort of like, she embodies like the kind of girls that like I was into like in high school and stuff like that, and still am like the kind of like tough exterior girls who are also like really smart, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is always like really awesome to see because it's funny. Like you don't really see that a whole lot until like really recently i've been seeing you know these new shows like you know bravest warriors adventure time like stuff with really i i feel like i mean i might not be the best judge of it but like i feel like pretty cool like female characters in my mind well she's a lot different than plum where plum is kind of a a, a super outgoing you know very bodacious character in, in in every way you know she's very she fills a room um and beth is a lot more you know internal about everything, um, but still, like she has quiet, funny, and yeah, like, which quiet, I really tough. Which, and yeah, and that's like that's the kind of thing that I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like I was really into that sort of thing. So I really like. So point being is that like Beth is written really well, and Beth's character is put out there really well, and then and then Plum, and then it turns into like I really want to see. 
then you want to see Plum and Beth's relationship, like how they interact with each other. Oh. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got, but, uh, I got plans. Yeah. Well, I'm ex- Hey man, I'm like totally excited for, for all that stuff. So it's, but it's cool. And then, you know, I'm like, you get, it's funny. Cause you look at this thing and, uh, it's weird. It's like Adventure Time is a huge cast of characters, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, but it's still basically Finn and Jake. Yeah. Bravest Warriors is like really interesting to me because it's a like five, you know, plus one person team mm-hmm. who are, you know, so that in of itself like brings in some really crazy qualities where you have to balance like all these different personalities and all these different actions and how this person would react and how this one would talk to this one and, well, you know, the back and forth, this and that, whatever. And uh, it's it's cool. Like I'm always really impressed with like how how good of a job Bravest Warriors done. Like, have you ever set, have you ever watched one of the like behind the scenes things of like the the voice actors and stuff like that? No, I actually haven't. And there, it's that's like probably amazing. terrible for me to say, but it's I amazing. It's so cool and it works so well because they're just like these normal dudes and 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 they're just kind of doing their doing their thing and they clearly love what they're doing. But it's really cool to like watch how they actually interact with each other like in real life as well yeah you know yeah. plus you got like a five-year-old kid which who's voicing capo which is always fun it's so. the best i hope he never grows up yeah i don't think that's gonna they're happen, gonna be screwed but. if his voice drops well apparently they're recording like a ton of uh well, they're recording a ton of stuff now to like that's smart that inevitably happen. i mean i guess they could just give him like you know anti-growth hormone or something. Because we were talking about that on the Adventure Time panel at uh, at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival where I was on with, uh, with Becky and Frank who work on Bee and Puppycat and, uh, nice. and uh, Baby Cakes, which you worked on, which was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jesse Moynihan cakes, and uh, Michael Forge and... I somehow uh, got onto that and Ryan North. And wow. what, uh, you know what I did last weekend? <laughs> uh, I cleaned the dish. You know, the weekend before that, you were you were at a show or a, or no, a free no, comic book day? Just washing a dish. Just washing. Mm-hmm. You had a really yeah, wild uh, weekend. Uh, dish. Just a uh, dish, by the way. Just a uh, uh, dish. So we were on this Adventure Time panel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. Um, we were on this Adventure Time panel for children. Uh, and one of the audience questions was like, you know, what? it wasn't as much of a question as just like a thought. Um, but was kind of like, you know, okay, so Finn in the show is getting older, and that's not a thing that happens very often in cartoons, where, like, things are dramatically affecting him. You know, stuff that happened at the very end and beginning of of the last season and the newest season are, like, you know, he's been severely affected, and that will change him forever down the line, and, like, Jake's had babies, and so there's been a progression of time, and the character is actually getting older, which a lot of cartoons don't do. You know, it's a weekly reset, right? And, uh... They, Jesse, who who works in the show, was like, well, yeah, we had to because the kid who's Finn is getting older. Like, it's literally why, you know? <laughs> and uh, then it, it occurred to me, I was like, what happens to Catbug <laughs> when, yeah, in, like, five years? I mean, it's hard. Uh, it's a little different because, I mean, like, you know, I, I again, I, I personally, I like Bravest Warriors more than Adventure Time, but Bravest Warriors is, like, seven minutes long yeah <laughs> you, know what I mean? you can and pack like a lot of weird into those seven minutes too yeah so, so like, much i can definitely say but like that you can't deny that adventure time has like literally had this like cultural phenomenon like it's crazy oh like, it's, it's huge it's, it's insane like it's nuts it's pokemon and, uh, for a new generation i mean it's but i do love that they're like all the best animated shows i've ever seen age in real time um like venture brothers is the one that always comes to mind 
Yeah. Um, you know, like it's happening and, on uh, Steven Universe already. That's I mean, amazing. like stuff is evolving as it goes on, which is so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Coleman Engel and Jeremy Cerise for uh, picking up the Steven Universe comic books, by the way, too. Man, they're so beautiful. My friend Matt Cummings is uh, doing some covers for them, and they are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. See, here's the thing, though. I say, like, shout out to those guys, but when I say shout out, I mean, like, when I see him, I'm going to kill him because I auditioned for that shit, too, and I didn't get it. So <laughs> they're dead to me. Well, they didn't offer me any dead. covers, so yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, no, they're amazing. And that and being puppy cat, it's just like everything's great right now. Oh, um, so cool. Like, so many cool comics coming out right now. It's like it's the best. It's crazy to me, man. It's nuts. Like, it I, all I comes back to Shannon Waters being a huge goddamn fan of dinosaur <laughs> comics. Man, she Shannon, built an empire. Whitney, all these people, good lord. They're amazing. I'm going to ask you for our last little bit um, because I promised we would talk about kaiju. Um, how do you feel about the new Godzilla? All right, so I got a long, I got a lot to talk about. With this, <laughs> with this, uh, let's with let's this power movie. through it. Here's the thing: like, I'm a huge Godzilla fan. I've been a Godzilla fan since I was like three years old, man. Like, I had, I've, I literally t- now have like every single Godzilla movie ever, like on VHS and DVD. I have like a, I have a laser disc of uh, of uh, Godzilla Raids Again or whatever the hell it's called, like up in my attic at my house, like right now. Like, I have crazy, like I've been a huge Godzilla fan, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but here's the thing: is that, um, like, you know, except for the 1954 Gajira, uh, you know, obviously I'm butchering that or whatever. But like, I remember why. I remember uh, I, when I was in college, I I actually did a major in a double major film and English, and like that was one of my papers I wrote on was all about that movie, and uh, like it really struck a chord with me. Man, like it's so cool, and it kind of like it kind of like reinstated how I was into it. But like Godzilla, like except for that film, has generally been like for children, you know? Yeah. And so I've seen. I'm one of the few. I'm in a huge minority here where I actually really enjoyed the 1998 uh, American Godzilla. Oh man. I know. I know. I'm like like maybe I think there's like four of us in the entire world who are like it wasn't not that in your bad. club. But here's the thing though is that like again it kind of came down to it was for kids. Yeah. So it's like it's weird to like see how this thing that to me as a kid I loved it because it was just like dudes in rubber suits like fighting each other and it's that and it's weird how like everything is getting like grittier and more realistic these days. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to take. And I think it's, I really, like, I think it's a mistake. Like, not a mis- not, not like, not a mistake, but I just think it's a, it's something to really seriously think about a lot. Is like that, like, bat, like, Nolan's Batman, for example. Yeah. It's like, it just, like, it just got, like, every, there's three films and each just got grittier and then gr- up to the point where it was so gritty and dark, it was, like, almost funnier than, like, the goofy Tim Burton versions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I think that's me, what I love so much about the Marvel movies is, like, I mean, you watch, like, both the Thor movies are, uh, like, ridiculous. Oh, they're so, like, over the top. And, and, and I so think, much and fun. Again, this is where, like, Marvel, I feel like, comes out on top over DC as far as their films go is that they're, like, ridiculous. Like, I've gone back. I've rewatched, like, for example, I've rewatched, like, Iron Man 2, like, ten times. Yeah. And every time I see it, I like it more and more because it's insane is like the craziest movie i've seen and just so weird and it's just so blah blah and uh 
you know, and then everybody is, you know, alternately though, everybody goes, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Mans were, were ridiculous. Like to, they, they were like two, you know. I love, I still love like the first one. I like the second one. A lot of people like the second one. I wasn't as into Doc Ock as everybody else was. I like, I couldn't, I love Willem Dafoe, but I just could not get over the, the like, the dialogue was so cheesy. Oh, it's weird. pretty bad. I don't think it's I've seen so it since I was pretty young. Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> Peter Parker. I can't even do it. Really. But, but again, though, like, I liked it. They were fun. They were a blast to see and this and that. So, like, so Pacific Rim comes out. Yeah. Right? And to this, Tell me like, about it. To me, man. I know. Like, yes. Tell me on the doll where he touched you. Like, Pacific <laughs> on, on Rim. On the kaiju. Yeah, on the, tell me on the kaiju where he kaiju you. Um, should have said Jaeger. I fucked that up. Sorry. I sh- yeah, I, it's, it's fine. Is this? Yeah. Uh, so, so I had heard that like, so anyway, so recap, back up, uh, huge Godzilla fan here. Always for, was a kid sort of lost interest in it. Like after a while, because it just got, it just got weird after a while. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember. There's a like one of the there was one of the newer ones. It was supposed to be like the last one where it's like Godzilla literally goes around and like fights not destroy all monsters. It's like another one, but he goes around and he actually fights like the '98 American Godzilla, who's now just called Zilla. He's not like actually Godzilla. And uh, he's lost his faith. Yeah, well, they that was the whole thing. Like, so the the like Toho, you know, the company uh, was like, okay, that's not that's it's Godzilla in name only. So it's actually G I N O. So it's Gino or Gino or however you want to say it. Gino. So, yeah, Gino, Gino, really? G-I, G-I, Godzilla. Just keep saying movie. it. Yeah. So, so they're like, all right, we're just gonna call this dude Zilla. So he's in yeah. some movie, and it's still like, and it, it was cool though because you're like, oh man, it's still just like dudes in suits, but like the technology got a little better in this now. But at that point, I was definitely like, man, I'm ready to see like a big, you know, not a guy in suit type thing. And so, like Pacific Rim was to me at the beginning was like, all right, this is like the, this is like, you know, the pill, like getting ready for Godzilla, you know? And, uh, I fucking love that movie. Like I Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I'm like the biggest fan of that movie. I legitimately love that movie. And because it hits that perfect point of like, so over the top and ridiculous they're like, what is going on? Like, what is this insane? You know, what the hell? And then when that sword just, comes out, the sword, it's really like, oh, hey, we just happen to remember we had this huge sword, which, by the way, they actually had two swords. Oh, sorry. So it's like, well, yeah, but it's like, oh, yeah, oh, we should use the, you know, we've got two of these swords. Maybe we could have used the entire you know, time, <laughs> the entire time before we were carried up like over, you know, into space and mm-hmm. dropped from, you know, a million feet. Yeah. Um. But it's but like the the litmus test to me is that like do I accept that and with Pacific Rim I was like hell yeah I accept that like I don't care what happens a robot hits a giant monkey looking monster in the face with an ocean liner using it as a baseball bat. <laughs> you know what I mean? About that. Like the fact that that is even a sentence that like I can say that actually happened in real life and wasn't me like you know with a hundred and five degree fever like dying in bed is crazy to talk about that a movie actually did that it's not just your fan fiction yeah exactly i know it's not just like oh here's sephiroth and cloud or like doom her you know you're <laughs> like oh no it's legitimately that actually happened that as somebody spent money a team of animators animated a giant robot picking up an ocean liner using this baseball bat and hitting 
a gorilla looking kaiju. In the and face somebody of- was like, no, you really like the angle of the windows is off. Like it really needs to explode outwards yeah, when, it cl- like change, when it connects. Change this, like turn this a little bit, you know, this and that. Whatever. Yeah. Can we up the contrast? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, so this whole thing happens mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, Pacific Rim was, was awesome. Didn't do that well in the United States. It seems insane to me because I went to see it three times. I saw it three times as well, actually. Wow, that's crazy. All right. Yeah. So Bravest Warriors Arc 2 is just kaiju. Yeah, that's fun. That's hilarious. It's awesome. funny because the uh, the last issue of Candy Capers is like has a kaiju thing. But anyway, yeah, so, that's so true. It's cool, though. It's cool to see like kaiju becoming a thing again in the United States or like in the northern northern North America, I guess, for you Canadians. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I live in the Arctic. Yeah, you know, the Americas, Northers, things. You just call it North America. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. But anyways. Um, Upper South so, America. So obviously I'm like super excited for Godzilla, right? For 2014 Godzilla. <laughs> and I liked Monsters too. Uh, the one, the, the movie the dude did before. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that. It was good. It was good. It was cool. It was like definitely, it's funny, um, like, Okay, like, so Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Good. Right? No question. So it's really cool. Well, it used to be cool. Now it's kind of annoying. Where, like, Jaws is the ultimate, like, uh, go-to point for, like, um, like show don't tell, basically. Like, it used to be, like, Alfred Hitchcock. Now it's, like, when it's monster movies, they go Jaws, you know, and they're like, yeah. oh. So so everybody said, oh, Godzilla is so great because they employed the, the Jaws thing where you do a lot of exposition and you show, you know, you get the human characters and blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of only sort of show the monster from, you know, towards like the end and blah, blah. So then it's really big. And I'm like, man, like, that's a great, that's a great sentiment, dude. But you're talking about a f- franchise that's 60 years old here. Yeah. You know, you're talking about like, we've seen every incarnation of Godzilla ever from since 1954. Like, you know, there are generations of people who have like had kids. Look, there are people who like, were like probably made a baby watching Godzilla. Like that's <laughs> how that's how old it is. You know what all I, mean? I know is that all through my childhood, there was a photo on my fridge of an inflatable Godzilla wearing my mom's wedding veil. Oh my god! Which my mom, with like a very heavy heart and a stern like, "I'm not disappointed in you," but told oh, me the story of how I popped that inflatable Godzilla when we were at a, a cottage once, and she was just like. I love you, but that day, terrible child, you were dead to me. Terrible child. Well, it's funny. Yeah. Like it's weird. So yeah. So like okay. So same thing. Like Godzilla was a huge part of my childhood, mm-hmm. right? So I went and saw the new. Mo- I went and saw the movie, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. Like I liked it, mm-hmm. but I liked it because it's Godzilla. Yeah. Like if it was something else, if they just called it like you know, if it was just like you know, mean lizard. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> like, I wouldn't have, you know, I would have not liked it, but because it's Godzilla, I feel in my heart, I, okay, yeah, it was pretty good. And then everybody always has to compare it to the 98 version, which I frankly thought was a little more like fun and lighthearted. Mm. Like, it's just hard for me to take Godzilla like super seriously. And then this fucking, these Muto things, whatever Muto. the hell you want, Muto, whatever you want to call them, it's like they're, it was, it's like they took a Weber grill. And then, like, combined it with the Cloverfield monster. And they were like, that's it. Like, that's what we want. We want the most alien-looking, weird, stupid thing ever. And I just, so, I didn't get it. So, it's like, yeah, I like Doug, like, the last 20 minutes. I'm glad Kaiju stuff's coming back. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, who knows? Like, I, I, it's 
currently on Rotten Tomatoes at like 73%. That's definitely like where exactly I would stick it in my head. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I've I don't think I'm as as textbook hardcore a fan. I love Godzilla. My parents were massive Godzilla fans, and I grew up, you know, we had Godzilla stuffed animals and stuff all over the house, and so I've seen all of the movies. I mean, my mom used to sing me the Mothra song to like try and get me to sleep when I was a baby, so my mom is the fucking coolest person. Um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's really good, and she still does it all the time. She sent me a bunch of weird little, like, butterfly emojis the other day to say that she had seen it. Um, it was great. But, oh, so she yeah. wins all the movie. Yeah, I know my mom's. Oh, well, what she? Think? My mom's a big nerd. This is what I want to hear. I want to like what she think. About it. <sighs> I haven't really. I actually, I think she was. I think about like she was going to see it today. I haven't heard back. Oh man, we so, need follow up. I know. Okay, next <laughs> next episode, I'll tell you what my mom thought of Godzilla. <laughs> she just do mom's movie reviews every time. It's, mom's movie reviews. But I'll I'll have to read it out in emojis because she she got really into emojis. So it'll be like, okay, mom thought lizard, butterfly, butterfly, explosion, <laughs> building, heart, heart, happy face. Uh, her, I think she was into face. it. Um, broken heart, box of bees. <laughs> broken heart, B, 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 B. Um, that's weird. She sends me that all the time. No, um, but I, I, I thought it was all right. I mean, I, it's hard to talk about it without kind of like right? it's like, it's spoiling like it's it. Right. But there's like that. That's like the thing. It's all right. There's like, that French kiss <laughs> in the battle that oh, I, God, yes. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, bird yeah, puking yeah. into a baby bird's mouth. Yeah, is it too, I guess it's too soon. It's maybe too soon, but like I, so I was on, it was my first time being on a date with this guy <laughs> going to see this movie. Well, we had been on dates, but it was the first time taking going to a movie. And I cackled so fucking hard <laughs> at that point in the movie. Like I was shaking. It was like box of bees for me. I was losing <laughs> my mind. I was so excited and giddy. At that moment, because it was so absurd, it's like See, hitting the thing, hitting though, like, the monster in the happens, face with the ocean liner. If like, but if that happened in Pacific Rim, I would be like totally accepting of it. Yeah. But the fact that it happened in Godzilla, which was taking itself so seriously, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. like not in a good way. You're like, dude, what? Like, huh? Like, what the hell? What? Is I think this that's why like? I thought it was so funny because it was just this one moment of just complete balls out absurdity. I don't know. And it's like, do and and again, like, you know, obviously I'm not saying anything original, but like, do I really need to watch like another like attractive young white lead dude go around and do nothing? Like, do I really need to watch like two fucking hours of this? Like, I would no. be a, no, I would have been way more happy if the two leads were Julia Binoche and Ken Watanabe. Like, way more That's interesting to me. That was the thing about Godzilla too, man. And again, like, I'm not saying Pacific Rim is some, like, amazing feminist movie or whatever, but I was definitely <laughs> way more interested in, like... Yeah, Mako was so, cool. Mako was cool. I mean, she was the only female, pretty much, I think. Yeah. And, uh, Other than the, like, the Swedish lady, but they... Or the Russian lady, sorry. Oh, the Russian lady, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know... But she, she doesn't was, talk. <laughs> she was... Badass. Like, But even then, she doesn't talk, and I was still like, wow, that, she's fucking awesome. Like, she's yeah. so cool. And then, uh... So cool. You know, but then, like, Godzilla's, like, you have uh, the secretary chick who follows Ken Watanabe around and just mm-hmm. sort of, like, agrees with what he says. Calls which, by the way, like, I don't know what the hell was going on in that movie where, like, they were totally underrepresenting, like, all the people I actually wanted to see, which was, like, yeah. Brian Cranston and Ken. Yeah, the most and, interesting actors you have. Which I've heard, though, I've heard in, like, the Japanese release, like, Ken Watanabe has, like, way more scenes. Well, I would like that. I would rather well, see that version. Because he's though, amazing. Dude. But here's what blows my mind about that, is that dude who directed this new Godzilla says he was going back to, like, the 1954 version and was all like, oh, you know, I took a lot of inspiration from the original instead of all the other stuff. 
the original was cut all crazy for American audiences to include more white guys, which Weird. is literally what the 2014 Godzilla did, too. Yeah. So yeah, like, no, it's, really? it's insane to have a movie that takes place in Japan that, like, features, like, six Japanese people. <laughs> I see one more goddamn movie that's like, focuses on just, like, military dudes doing military stuff. I will never go to the movies again. Well, unfortunately, that is going to keep happening. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of, like, this hoorah, like, brr, like, we're moving along, yeah, all right, like, here's a train, it's going fast, yeah. <laughs> It's just so, like, oh, so are you so, referring so, to the movie Denzel Washington versus Train? Yeah, Denzel. Den, yeah, Denzel Washington versus Train. There's uh, literally like that movie is called Unstoppable, but I had so many friends revert like refer to it as Denzel Washington versus Train that I thought that was the name of the movie. I do. I think it say, says a lot for like movies these days, where you can literally break down any movie to like X versus X. Yeah. Like this versus this. So like <laughs> you know, Sam Jackson versus Snakes. <laughs> God, but that anyway, was that so, was a cultural phenomenon, wasn't it? God, it was so stupid. Remember when internet memes actually meant something? Whatever. Anyways, little, but uh, little bub. So Godzilla, right? So Godzilla. So God. Okay. So basically, the point being is Godzilla had like two female characters, both of which did nothing. Yeah, wow, there you go. And that frustrated me personally because I'm like, dude, it's 2014. Like, are you kidding me with this right now? Yep. You know, yep. and it's just so weird. Yeah, it's it's insane. It was like Daddy Issues the movie. Like that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> and a monster. Like my dad died. Ah, oh, that sucks. And here's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Mean lizard. Mean lizard. Mean movie. lizard. All right, yeah. Ian. I'm I'm gonna wrap us up. Um, but tell me, uh, what do you want us to know that you're working on, and where are you gonna be in the near future? If anyone wants to be there. Well, I'm working on Bravest Warriors right now. God damn right. Um, Yep, I got a couple of secret projects that I can't talk about right now. There's Z2. They used to be Zip Comics. Um, one is going to be a big one. I'm really excited about that. I'm sure you'll hear about it later, Kate. Um, but, uh, you can text me in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working on my own books. Um, I got my book Chomp through Top Shelf. It's going to be out sometime next year. It's a cooking book slash graphic novel. So that should be cool. Yeah, I'm excited and, uh, for that. Yeah, it should be. I'm really excited for it. It's been. It's been. I've been working on it for four years. Is how long it was actually my college uh, thesis um, project. Wow. Yeah, and Chris Steros, the main dude from Top Shelf, was like a nice enough guy to actually give me a shot. So big, big props to him. Um, or maybe not if it does really badly, but we'll see. I think it's gonna um, be great. And I'm gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, and then I'm gonna be all over the place. I got I'm gonna be at Denver Comic Con. I got Phoenix Comic Con coming up. I'll be at San Diego, um, mm. probably New York. Uh, I hope they're taking us possibly, to New York, man. I hope. I, I I hope so. Possibly you and I might do Memphis together. I'm not sure yet. I still haven't got an email back from that guy. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be great. Barbecue. We'll be doing yep. appearances as the Bravest Warriors family. <laughs> um, if people are finding you online, I know on Twitter you're at Ian McGinty. McGinty is M-C-G-I-N-T-Y. Where else can people find you? Uh, just uh, Basically, you can just Google Ian McGinty, and you can find everything, IanMcGinty.com. Uh, yeah, my Tumblr is Ian McGinty. Everything's Ian McGinty. That's really easy. Very, yeah, it's super easy. <laughs> it's <Exactly>. very straightforward. <laughs> it's like the one thing in my life that's super easy right now is how to find me finding you all right uh well ian thank you so much for talking to me i'm very excited uh that our book is coming out in like a month it's gonna be so good almost there i'm so stoked uh so yeah you uh have a have a lovely evening all righty dream dream of kaiju
All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, that about does it for our first episode. Thank you for tuning in. There will be another one in about two weeks. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at LTLCast or you can find me at Caitlin. Did you know I've been staring at you this whole time? This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 